What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Niners Nation Instant Reaction Podcast. I'm Rob Stats Carrera. He's Levin Black. Levin, 11 in a row. Never felt so good. <laughs> Most importantly, one in the ro- one in a row now. Every game, that's all you need. You need one in a row. Keep going. You know, let's finish this thing for once. I'm, this this game, 41 points in the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. Just insane. Like, Unbelievable. It's, it's hard hard to wrap your mind around what's actually happening because it's truly history in the making. It hasn't been done. It's unprecedented. And here's the thing. They didn't even play that good in the first half. They put up 41 points. They should have put up way more. This team is an absolute buzzsaw. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey, he solved the one weakness they had. Now, there's no stopping this offense. The only thing that stops this offense is this offense. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds crazy to say, but you're right. I mean, Brock Purdy was missing guys in the first half. I think he looked a little shaky. But in the second half, this it's almost like they flipped a switch. And they were just like, you know what? How about we just blow them out? And then it was just boom, boom, boom. One good play after another. Absolutely, as Chris Ricciardi points out on the Facebook page, a tale of two halves in this one. Yeah, uh, the the turnover changed everything. Once they got that turnover, they went down and scored. Seattle was done. Mentally, the end of this game, I mean, I would argue Seattle was kind of trying to be something they're not. They were trying to be an enforcer in this game. You know, you saw that with the Debo things when they're twisting his ankles. They, they were trying to be the more physical team, and you're just not going to have physical this team. you got to be your own self. And at the end of the game, you saw DK. There was, I don't know if you noticed that. he was. Uh, they were trying to huddle up. You know, they were already down at this point. It was over. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to huddle up, and DK is not getting in the huddle and screaming at the ref. Uh-huh. And Gina is trying to grab him and get him into the huddle. Like, hey, I need to make the play call. I can't huddle until right. – you know, you get over here, but he like literally was stepping out of the huddle and ignored Gino like multiple times. Gino had had to grab him. Like a Pete Carroll team, undisciplined, <laughs> disorganized. Who could have imagined such a thing? This game is going to be a little deceptive to people, though. If you didn't watch it, if you didn't watch it, and you just looked and you say, "Oh, it's you know, forty-one twenty-three, they killed him." This game was twenty-three seventeen with two minutes and thirty-one seconds to go in the third quarter. And with 11 minutes to go in the fourth, it was 38-17 for the 49ers. And you're right, Levin. The whole thing turned. Third and 14 on the Niners' 19-yard line. Geno Smith drops back to pass. Charles Amenahu, who has been an amazing pickup for the 49ers, strips the ball. And who recovers it? The defensive player of the year, Nick freaking Bosa. After that, the 49ers get the ball back. Seven plays, 70 yards. They stick it in the end zone. And not only do they stick it in the end zone, Brock Purdy makes the best play of the game, or maybe the second best because he had an incompletion to Ayuk in the red zone. That was absolutely incredible. <laughs> but the best play that actually counted was he drops back to pass. He gets pressure to his left. He, he seems to really favor his left side when he rolls out. Breaks away from the pressure, comes back to the right side, sees Elijah Mitchell in the flat sticks it in the end zone, and that was the turning sequence of the entire game. Yeah, that and uh, the touchdown to Debo that really broke the game open when Ayuk is blocking 40 yards down the field. And, I mean, that I tweeted it out. That's a play that I don't think 
almost any other wide receiver in the league is able to make in terms of the block. Ayuk might be the best blocking wide receiver in the league. He's literally 40 yards down the field and locks up the DB so that mm-hmm. nobody can get to Debo. From the doghouse to making plays like that. Trigger J0825 on YouTube. Thanks for the super chat. Going Denny Green on us. They are who we thought they were. That That's kind of true. Like in the second half, it was like, oh, yeah, this is what we were supposed to see. We're supposed to see Debo catching and running and going for 74 yards down the sideline for a touchdown. That's what we thought was going to happen. It took them a while to get going. But, man, when they get going, they just come at you. It's like a – I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a blitzkrieg. You're just stunned, and all of a sudden you're down by multiple scores. Yeah, and, like, I was full-on worried going into halftime, if I'm honest, because I thought the turning play might have happened there right before halftime when Jimmy Ward had that And they get a field goal to take the lead. And, you know, the Niners had a chance to go, okay, we stopped them on defense. We get the ball to start the second half. They go down and score a touchdown. Guess what? It would have been nine points, two possessions. I think that would have been the backbreaker. But yeah. it flipped where they get a really bad penalty. They get fired up over it. They get a field goal. They take the lead going into halftime where they had this scenario where if they get a stop against the 49ers, mm-hmm. start the second half and go down and score, now the 49ers are backpedaling and the whole game changes but they responded correctly coming out of halftime. They had to have a fast start coming out of halftime. That's exactly what they had in yep. route to, what was it, a 25 to 6 second half? It was, yeah, 25 to 6. You're right. 13 plays, 75 yards right out of the gate at halftime. 10 and runs, stick big it in change. The end zone. How about this? This is the comment of the day so far. And please keep <laughs> your comments coming. Rate, review, follow the Niners Nation podcast network. I didn't even get that in. I'm too excited. Merrill Klein watching on Facebook. When you try us with a sorry-ass team like the Seahawks, that's the result you're going to get. Yes, Merrill. That is the comment of the day so far. Thank you so much. And somebody else had a comment that I can't find it now. I I give you credit for it, though. Oh, here it is. Jared on YouTube. That was cathartic after the last decade. After the Seahawks. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Ding dong. The curse is gone. It's done. Yes. It is flipped over the other way. I would guarantee at this point, after the Niners clinched in 2019, and now they swept them three straight this year, that Seahawks fan base is going, I hate that team. I don't want to ever play them. (laughs) Only bad things happen when we play them. Unreal. It was so cathartic. We have exercised the demons to go Ace Ventura on you. Man, when you can play like this, again, the first half was not that good by the 49ers, and you still dropped 40 one point and shout out to the faithful, by the way, because once they smelled blood in the water, the fans kicked up and the Seahawks, they crumbled. They fell apart. You said it earlier. Mentally, they they just couldn't hang in there and they started yeah. getting false starts. They started getting ineligible uh, man downfield penalties. Let's talk about that, because uh, I, I forget who I saw it on Twitter. Uh, some media guy threw it out there, and I think he's absolutely correct. And whoever did that for the 49ers deserves the game ball but he said that the 49ers had to have sent in a boatload of video clips (laughs) of the Seahawks having a lineman downfield too early for that to get called I believe it was called three times in this game and he's right because they were getting called and they were only like a half yard past the two yards or one yard past two yards downfield past his pass like a screen it was just that their linemen were cheating and getting out (laughs) and going downfield early but it was close you know it's one that 
I don't think it would have gotten called because they were so close unless the 49ers were basically spamming the NFL saying, watch this in this game because they're doing it all the time. You know what? That's good coaching then. That's good preparation. Good for you. Good on you. Uh, Hink Dad watching on YouTube. Thanks for the super chat. The Seahawks played nearly a perfect first half. You would have been you would have been losing going into that half if not for a boneheaded play on Ward. You wouldn't have been losing, right? You have to play nearly a perfect four quarters to beat the 49ers right now. And that's something that they mentioned on the broadcast, actually. And it kind of felt true. I mean, Seattle did have so much go right in that first half. They had a 50-yard touchdown to Debo Samuel. Charvarius Ward in the first half had his worst half of the year. He got cooked by Debo Samuel. And he had been great against Debo in the first two matchups of the year. So Debo, I mean... Uh, uh, DK, sorry. DK just rose up and, and you know, he's got some pride too. He's a really good player too. And credit to him because he made a lot of tough catches in the game. But everything went right for Seattle in the first half of this game. And in the second half of this game, right out of the gate with the 49ers getting the opening kickoff, it was just bad for Seattle. Here's how their drives went. Fumble that we talked about. Punt after four plays. Interception after one play. And then they had the garbage time touchdown at the end of the game where the 49ers didn't even care. So the Seahawks did basically nothing in the second half of this game. And that's what it takes. Like the defense, they figured it out. And that's that's what they need to do. They just need, with the way this offense is playing, they just have to figure it out before the end of the game. If they give this offense a couple quarters of good football, this team's going to win. What is this, four straight games, I think, of 30-plus? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're ju- they are legitimately – Arguably the best offense in the league now. I think they were, from the time the party <laughs> took over, they were number two in scoring from the time Purdy took over. They had that before the game. It was 30.5 points per game. Like They are legitimate, a juggernaut on offense. So all they need is a good half from the other side of the ball. Jason Keim watching on YouTube. Hopefully Debo isn't sore from Seattle, obviously shoestringing him on purpose and holding him late after the whistle. I mean, there was a blatant play in this game where Debo catches a pass and I think it's Jonathan Abram literally just like grabs his ankle and twists it after the play. And Long the refs after, don't like, call it. Not only twisted it, but he like stood up, held onto the foot the whole time he's standing up and then lifted it up higher and twisted it. Like he should have been ejected in my opinion. Yeah. That, it it was, was bad enough. You should have been ejected from that. Cause it was completely obvious that you were trying to injure. It was a really bad miss by the officials. Debo got fired up. I mean, obviously this game, Got chippy, which you would expect. Division rivals, all that. Dware, 58-83, watching on YouTube. How big is Diamador Lenore's interception for his confidence? I think it's got to be big. He was picked on in this game, and he was in position a bunch of times, and he he gave up the reception, but it's got to be nice for him to get an interception because that wears on you after a while. I don't care who you are. like Nobody wants to get picked on by the other team. Yeah, they they mentioned it at the end of the game, not specifically confidence, but uh, the, the announcers said that, D'Amico Ryans had told them that he had talked to Lenore about, hey, teams are going at you right now. They're going to keep challenging you, and you just got to stick in it. And I don't remember exactly how the announcers put it, but something similar to that, and that's exactly what you need. Like, you just can't lose confidence. You are the weakest link, to put it in a cliche. He is the weakest link. They're going to go at him over and over again, and that's all there is to it. All he needs to do is make a couple plays a game. You know, he can get beat some. But if he makes a couple plays a game, I think that's enough. 
Kevin, thank you for the super chat on the YouTube page. At what point do you think people will stop saying that the 49ers offense is plug and play? Any quarterback could be doing this and recognize that Brock Purdy is actually just playing good football. This is this the best defense ever for the 49ers? Okay, let's break these down one at a time. Brock Purdy, we've talked about a little bit so far. Didn't have a great first half. In the second half, he was almost flawless. I think he had like one incompletion in the second half. I think he was nine, nine of 11. And uh, he threw for almost 200 yards in the second half. Uh, it's actually, he had the most passing yards of any 49ers quarterback since Joe Montana in 1989. Steve Young never had more passing yards in the playoffs. He literally had more passing <laughs> yards in his first career start in the playoffs than Steve Young ever had in his career. Those Joe Montana good. had 357 in a 1989 playoff game. That That's the, I believe it's the team record. You know, I didn't go back to the 60s and 70s playoffs to confirm, but I would be shocked if there was a 357 or higher in the playoffs back then. Why didn't you? What the hell were you doing all this time? I mean, geez, <laughs> there was a lot of things to look up. <laughs> there were a lot of things to look up. Let me put it another way, because I also put this one out there. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's career high in the playoffs, 232 yards and two touchdowns. That Brock was Purdy had, had 340, what, 332 Brock... and four touchdowns. 332, four total touchdowns. That was actually my thought at halftime was like, Brock is playing like Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs. I mean, in the first three, three or four drives of the game, Brock Purdy missed a wide open guy every drive. But then in the second half, you were right. Nine of 11, 185 yards. He was, and he was breaking away from pressure, extending plays. Maybe it just took him some time to settle in, but he went from, holy crap, there could be a quarterback competition next season to, Holy crap, Brock's taking over this game. Well, there there were two touchdowns. I think the first one and then that one to Eli Mitchell that no other quarterback in, in a long time other than maybe Kaepernick would have made those because it took extreme agility and avoiding multiple pass rushers, extending the play. I mean, both of those, I would guess he probably had the ball for over four seconds without going back and looking at it a second time. Th th those are things that you don't see any other quarterback do that in this Kyle Shanahan era with the 49ers. Kaj watching on the YouTube page. Maybe this will teach Niners Twitter to chill in the second no, quarter. Well, first of all, it won't. Nothing will te teach Niners Twitter to chill. I'm a proud member of Niners Twitter, by the way. But it's not just Niners Twitter. It's Twitter in, in general. Twitter is, it, it's an instant reaction to make a pun on what right. we're doing right now. But that's what it's it literally is. in the moment how you're feeling. Right. And there's nothing wrong with feeling bad when the team is playing bad and being happy when they play well. Full Whites watching on YouTube. This win was for the 2013 squad. Go 49ers. I don't want to think of any bad memories. We just talked about exercising demons. Let's let's continue to do that, please. Uh, let's see who's up. Glass City, thank you very much. Watching Brock scramble and go off script brought joyous tears to my eyes. Oh, and Brandon Ayuk needs to catch that. Yeah, I think Brock's best play of the game was an incomplete pass where he's running around there like, I don't even know. Like that is that is like that's Tony Patrick Romo, Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. That, that's just insane. Avoiding the rush five different times, and he avoided the rush even at the end of the play. He hesitated. One more guy got past him. He knew he was going to get drilled, and he threw a pass, a seed to Ayuk in the back corner of the end zone, and Ayuk just dropped it. But he couldn't keep his feet in bounds and catch the ball. But it was an incredible. If if Ayuk had held on to that. The roof, oh, there's no roof, but the building would have crumbled due to applause. Oh, it, it would have been the highlight of the playoffs 
You know, you're probably not going to get a better play than that would have been. And it wouldn't just been the roof. Uh, we would have had an entire week of, and we're probably still going to have it, honestly, of the national media just gushing. Like, like you said, I think the the biggest long-term takeaway from this game will probably end up being this is Brock teams Brock Purdy's team now and in the future. And I think this is put a nail, nail in the coffin that at least going into next year, he's going to get every opportunity because he just put on a show in the playoffs. A half for a half. I mean, in the first half, he was shaky, but in the second half, he was I mean, great. He still had two touchdowns. He should have had some turnovers. He got he had some luck in the first half. He was certainly inaccurate. I think it was nine of 19 at halftime, but he still had two touchdowns. Like, <laughs> when's the last time the Niners had a quarterback that had two touchdowns at halftime in a playoff game? <laughs> I, I'm just blown away. Like, it's become routine now for us to put up 30 points. It's like every week. It's friggin' phenomenal. That was not what we, you know, we we thought we should be putting up 30 points every week. They go for 41 in this game, 38 against Arizona, 37 against the Raiders, 37 against Washington, 21 in Seattle on a short week Thursday night game. The week before that, 35 on the Bucks, and then 33 in Miami when Brock had to take over for Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, this is it now. To beat the 49ers, you got to put up 32 points on that defense. That's otherwise you're not winning. That's where we are right now. You know what might be my favorite undervalued statistic from this game? Seven different receivers caught a pass, three different receivers caught a touchdown, mm. and six different receivers caught multiple passes. I do and like that, that 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 is one of those things that shows the strength of a quarterback, in my opinion, when he spreads the ball around. You know, I, I think a lot of quarterbacks that are mediocre are worse. They tend to favor a certain target because when they panic, they're just going to go to that person. Whereas the good ones keep scanning or able to make something happen, get the unscheduled things, doesn't matter who it goes to, and make it work. Seven different receivers, six of them had multiple catches. Flint, 7785 on YouTube. Thank you very much. Number six approaches. Brock shook off the willies, and here we go. I'm interested to see what he says post game. And if he's already spoken, I apologize. I'm trying to keep my eye on things because uh, he did look. He was just uncharacteristic. He was off target. He was late on throws. He was missing open guys. And it's but he only was still natural. taking his shots. Like how many of those first half passes were deep shots? I would, a lot of I them. would guess five. Yeah. Just off the top uh, of my head. Could have been a little bit more. I would say uh, at least five were deep shots. And that affects the defense. So it, it's not, it, I still would argue that the first half, it was bad, but it wasn't as bad as what we've seen from other quarterbacks like Jimmy Garoppolo, where they just don't move the ball. They're not taking shots. They're literally doing nothing. And the defense is able to just keep come up and cheat against the run and shut everything down. He was still taking shots. So the defense had to stay honest. And in the second half, he started hitting those shots. Simon watching on YouTube. Keep up the great work. Big fan from Germany here. Thank you, Simon. Appreciate it. I know you're you're probably up late watching us, but thank you. We do appreciate it. I was going to ask love. you what, what that money symbol was, but you know it now from him saying Germany. Yeah. See, we get we'll take all all <laughs> denominations here. That's just fine. I saw this great nugget from Nick Wagner of ESPN. Today was the Seahawks first playoff loss under Pete Carroll when they have had a halftime lead. And I finally got to see it today. As mad as I am at Fox for being in commercial when Juwan Jennings caught that 32-yard pass that I still really haven't fully seen, 
I love that Fox actually went to Pete Carroll on the sidelines when a bad thing happened for the Seahawks. And I got to see his friggin' face react to when a bad thing happened. Usually they only show him when he's cheering and chewing that gum. Well, today I got to see his face fall. I got to see his face drop. Go home, Pete Carroll. Take your nice story with your Geno Smith. Take your stupid uniforms and get the hell out. Here's another Brock Purdy uh, tweet for you, I guess. Uh, With an interview with NFL Network after the game, Fred Warner says, Brock Purdy is why the 49ers have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Ooh, the plot thickens. Full White's watching on YouTube. I don't know if I sound like a spoiled fan, but I'm used to the defensive line being more dominating they were than they were tonight. Should we be worried? You're not going to sack them on every play. Don't forget, every offense goes into the game against the 49ers, and their number one priority is, how do we avoid the defensive line? We can't let Nick Bosa beat us. So just... I, I, w- I will say this. Uh, the defense does worry me if they match up against an elite offense. I think if... If the 49ers have to play the Eagles, the Chiefs, or the Bills, uh, I'm going to be much more nervous than any other game against those three teams, and not just because they're the three best teams. It's because those offenses, I think, can really attack this Achilles heel, and I I think the Niners would have to win a shootout. What I will say is if you asked me 11 weeks ago whether or not I thought the Niners could win a shootout in a scenario like that, I would say no. If it's a shootout, they're going to lose. Now, I would say... Yeah, they they can absolutely move the ball against anybody, and they can win a game where both teams score 30-plus. Oh, how could you not think that? I mean, again, they didn't even play their sharpest offensively in the first half, and they still put up 41 points. That is the mark of a great offensive team is really where we are. Uh, Bay Marin watching on YouTube. Take some BGNs for the W. By the way, that victory T of mine is turning into biohazard. Victory T. Oh, yeah. Well, me too. My Victory Monday shirt that I, I haven't washed 11 since they started winning because you know me. I don't mess with a streak. Um, and so they keep winning. I keep wearing it and I keep not washing it. And it's probably a little funky by now. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to mess with the streak. I'm sorry. Those things are important. I know you don't think so, Levin, but they matter. Damn it. I'm doing everything I can for the team. Spoken like a guy that gets to work in his basement. Well, if you're working in an office, you're not showing up in a tee that's stinking like that. That may also be part of it. I want to go back to that <laughs> Warner comment about Brock because I think it's important. To say that he's the reason, that's big. Like, he didn't yeah. say that by accident. That is big for the kind of support he is gaining in the locker room right now. Brock is the first rookie quarterback ever, ever, with four total touchdowns in a playoff game. That's pretty damn impressive. They've been playing football for more than a hundred years. Yeah, it's it, it's like I said, it it's really hard to comprehend. Truly, like I think this is something that's going to take a couple years to truly like look back on when you see you know somebody else approaching records or something, and you see Brock Purdy's name at the top of everything. You know, he was already the first quarterback ever to start his career with five wins and multiple touchdowns in each game. Well, he just did it in a playoff game, so. He extends that to six games, I guess, if you're counting postseason. And like like we said, it, it was the best five starts anybody's ever started their career with. And now he has the best start ever to start your career in the playoffs. Like, it, it's just, it, it's insane. It, it's unfathomable, really. It's not, like I said, something that you can have perspective on at this point. 
There's too there's too many things that he's doing, too many records right. that he's setting. That's a good point. It's like every week Brock Purdy is the first quarterback yeah. to do this. Brock Purdy's the first guy to do this. I mean, at this point, there has never been a rookie quarterback to start a Super Bowl. How can you say he has no chance? Like, I mean, it's he's not the favorite, I guess, because the Eagles are still the Eagles and they are the one seed. But damn, I'll take my chances. And if the Minnesota Vikings win today, we could be not having to play either the Cowboys or the Eagles till the championship round. You keep assuming Tampa's not going to beat the Cowboys. I know. And then God, <laughs> yeah, that's probably not a safe assumption. Uh, Maxime watching on YouTube. Gotta love Kyle for going for the kill and trusting Brock Purdy after going up two touchdowns. I actually was kind of hoping that Kyle would run the ball a little more in the first half. I thought he put put it a lot on Brock, and Brock looked shaky, and I thought maybe he would switch it up. Uh, but he kind of trusted Brock. A no, he bit. did. That first drive in the second half had 10 runs out of the 13 plays. He was just cramming it and cramming it and cramming it. Then he went back to the pass. Right. I guess. I mean, obviously it worked. <laughs> I'm not going to complain about all those points. Uh, we've got a lot of people that want to know where Michelle is. She's very drunk right now. She wants <laughs> to come on the show because she's super excited. She's feverishly texting me. Should I give her the instant reaction link? You never what know what she's going to say. What have you done to her? I've like, turned her. Pri- prior to this podcast, like the 49ers were just a team like any other team. And now she's uh, she's gone from a Steeler fan, and I am like slowly converting her to a 49ers fan. She was wearing her homage shirt, which, by the way, I'm wearing my homage sweatshirt right now. There you go. She was into it, man. Pumped up. I just sent her the link, so hopefully she can <laughs> pop in here. Uh, Kevin watching on YouTube, where does this win rank in 49ers history? It's up there because, again, of the whole rookie quarterback thing. Like you were saying, no, we no, don't no, have read the. That. Read that again. Where do you think this D ranks in 49ers history? Okay, sorry about that. Um, I want to wait on that because some of the great 49ers defenses have been lights out in the playoffs, and that has made them – that's what's made them some of the great 49er defenses. Um, and some of those I, defenses- I would say right now it's got a legit argument to be top five, but there there's three or four defenses out there that not only had a regular season where they were really, really good, but then they were great in the playoffs on yes. top of it. So yes. I, I think legitimately they're at least fifth. Uh, you could probably make an argument to be a little bit higher. I don't think they have an argument to be top overall. If I'm not mistaken, the Niners had the year, I'm trying to remember which one it was, where they were the number one defense and they won the Super Bowl. Julie and Tandy watching on YouTube. My game day shirt goes on five minutes before the game and gets hung back on the same hanger in the same place after the game. Going to really need a wash after the Super Bowl. See, it's not just me. Thank you, Julian. Thank you. I have a different one. I wear whatever the hell I want. So I don't change it up. I keep wearing whatever the heck I want. If I start wearing the same thing every game, well, then that would be me breaking my routine. Right. So there you go. Keep it up. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, like Bill Walsh once said to his group of 49ers, keep doing what you're doing. For some of you, that means a lot of sex. For some of you, it might mean none at all. But whatever it is, you don't mess with the streak. That's all I'm saying. Flint watching on YouTube. CMC is a mutant. I'm not going to read the full comment there, but if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. He is a mutant. And one of Michelle's best bets was over 114 total scrimmage yards for the game. That cashed if you took it. Christian McCaffrey, he's he's unstoppable, it feels like. 15 carries for 119 yards, and he also caught two passes for 17 yards and a touchdown. 
He has been, I think you could clearly say, the most impactful midseason addition in the history of the league. Yeah, it seems like that would be some homerism. Nobody immediately jumps to mind. I just, I, I can't believe there isn't some other acquisition out there that would come forward. But at the same time, the NFL is not a league that trades midseason. Like, and in just like the last few years, we've seen a lot more midseason trades than we've ever seen before because the, the game plans are so diverse that teams weren't going to do midseason trades because they didn't think they could get people up to speed in time. But we've seen that myth kind of get busted in recent years. Like, look at Christian McCaffrey. He came in, and right away he's able to fit in. Now, granted, that's a running back, but we've seen it from other positions as well. I, I do think that that's kind of changed, and teams are more willing to make midseason trades. Nobody jumps to mind, but that is one I would like to look and try to figure out. Diego on the YouTube page, playoff outfit doesn't get washed until it's over. That's right, man. That's how it goes. How do you not know this? That's what I want to know. I know it. I just don't do it department of fear watching on youtube just left the sports bar they had me nervous in the first half by the way no shaving or jersey washing until losses or seasons end he's gonna look like a rob can do the no shave thing till the season's over and you would never know (laughs) i've actually been doing it for three days um you're gonna if you're a normal human with actual facial hair unlike myself you're gonna look like a like a shepherd or or like i don't know a wise man because they ain't losing man even when they don't play good, they kick the tar out of another playoff team. Every team in the NFC, every team in the NFC was watching that first half going, yes, please, Seahawks, do it for us. Slay the dragon. And then in the second half, every team in the NFC pooped their pants watching the 49ers just absolutely rip through the Seahawks. <laughs> By the way, I think you got your little preview for this podcast. Yes, please do it for me. <laughs> That's, I don't know. Why do you have to do that? I, I can't help it. You I Scott it. says, when did we get prime? Was no. that mid season? Deion Sanders. I mean, he didn't join the 49ers <clears throat> till halfway through the year, but I think that that was part of the deal when they signed him as a free agent. He did win defensive player of the year though. So that's a fair point. I sent Michelle the join link, by the way. I don't know if she's going to do it. I'm trying to keep an eye on the comments. Kyle is speaking right now. So he, if anybody says anything. I did see that uh, they asked Kyle something about Purdy. They don't give the context to this, but he said he gives us more and more confidence each week. I think he was probably asked, how confident are you in Brock? Yeah. And you know what? I I thought that the weather helped too. It really didn't get too bad out there. They got a a window to sneak it in. By the way, uh, they definitely got a window because I did see about 10 minutes ago, uh, somebody tweeted that it, it was absolutely pouring at Levi Stadium now. Wow. Hey, you know what? We've had enough rain games. That makes we... up for week one. <laughs> right. Uh, Travis Dill watching on YouTube. Great win. Can we please talk about the dumbass squib kick to end the first half? I was screaming at my TV. I didn't like it either, Levin, because it opens the door for exactly what happened. One play or a penalty, and the Seahawks can steal a field goal, and that's what happened. Gino scrambled. He slid. Jimmy Ward hit him. There you go. Flag, field goal, and now you're losing. At the There's end of only the first one half. scenario that a squib, squib kick makes sense. And that's if there's like one or two seconds left and the kickoff is their only chance to score. Anything else is just giving them field position. If you can't stop them from getting a big return, then you don't deserve to win the game. Like you got to stop them from getting a big return. I do think that's probably why they squib kicked because there were two returns right before that where 
Seattle almost broke it. Uh, there was one return where the last guy came running over and got a tackle before Robbie Gold was going to have to stand in with a guy with a full head of steam. And you could see Robbie. Robbie was backpedaling, not wanting to do it until he had to. And luckily, he didn't have to get in there because, you know, that that's how a kicker gets hurt. I'm seeing some things online. Brock Purdy's 332 yards is his second most ever for a rookie in the playoffs, only behind Russell Wilson's 385 in a loss to Atlanta 10 years ago. So again, like you said, Levin, they just keep doing things that nobody has ever done before. And we as a fan base, like we're not, we're just kind of numb to it at this point. Yeah. Like it, I, it's insane. Colin Kaepernick, Alex Smith, Jeff Garcia, Steve Young. They never had this many passing yards in a playoff game. It's wild, man. That's absolutely wild. Hink dad on YouTube. If you can get a first rounder for Trey Lance, do you take it? Don't worry about that right now. Stop worrying about Trey Lance. He left the locker room on crutches, okay? Just worry about Brock Purdy and the fact that you are now in the divisional round of the playoffs. Forget that, man. Like, I'm just not – enjoy this run. These do not happen often. I know it feels like that because the 49ers haven't lost before the championship game since 2002, I think it is. But, like, this is not normal. I'm telling you, other teams would be begging for what we have right now. There's 18 teams or whatever whatever it is that are sitting home, watching, wishing they could be where we are right now. Just enjoy this. How many uh, games has Jimmy Garoppolo started in the playoffs for the 49ers? Uh, five? I think it's six. Six? Brock Two. Purdy now has as many playoff touchdowns in his career as Jimmy Garoppolo with four. Jeez. Ben Richards watching on my Twitch page at Stats on Fire. How many has Jimmy started for the Niners? Too many. But that's <laughs> that that goes to show that one stat that you just said. And goes that's to from show, Nick Wright, by the way. I should give credit. Okay. The difference between Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy in the playoffs. Like, that's that's the, been the difference for this team. The playoff success that they have had has been in spite of their quarterback until this point. And... In the second half of this game, between the defense and Brock Purdy, they won because of that. And that's literally the biggest difference. I mean, if you, at the beginning of the season, said, you're going to have a quarterback that's capable of doing this in the playoffs, we would all have signed up and said, yep. yes, please. Who who cares who it is? Well, I mean, yeah, we would have all said, wow, Trey Lance is really going to be elite. But turned out to be Brock Purdy. Logan Yard on YouTube. I put my Carlos Hyde jersey on at the half and everything changed. Sometimes you do have to do that. Sometimes you got to switch it up. You make the audible. Things aren't going well. Man, I wouldn't have put the Seahawk, Hyde. Carlos Hyde. I, I mean, I wouldn't have put the Hyde jersey. That's like, that's a risky play. I'm not going to lie. Carlos Hyde. You know, we're not talking about like Jerry Rice or Montana trying to get some old magic there. You <laughs> went with Carlos Hyde. That's the Jim Tom Sula era Niners. Oh, he was there in the rookie, the first year of Kyle Shanahan, but yeah, uh, yeah. What an incredible win by the 49ers. Just when you thought, just when the rest of the NFC thought that they could breathe a little easier, maybe it's going to be hard for Brock in the playoffs. Maybe they're going to be a little bit shook. Maybe they're not as good as they looked in the regular season when they were playing a bunch of bad teams. And here we go. Bam, here's a 40-burger in the first round of the playoffs. And George Kittle didn't even do anything in this game. Like, that's the, there's so many weapons in this one. They just overwhelm teams. Uh, Debo Samuel on his leg getting twisted. The reason he stayed down was because he had lost his temper 
He said it did hurt, but in my mind, I was about to lose it. So it looks like he stayed down because he knew if he stood up, he was going to get ejected. <laughs> and I wouldn't blame him, honestly. And I was thinking, like, in the first half when Ward hits Gino, I'm like, man, we are look, we're not composed right now. And we mm-hmm. usually do look composed. And it sounds like they regained that in the second half. Uh, Flint watching on YouTube says this was incredible. Kittle was quiet in this one, but will appear against the Eagles if they get there. Uh, Kyle on the Debo play said he was, quote, real concerned that Debo was hurt on it, thought it looked real bad. It pissed a lot of people off, pissed our team off, and you could feel our team react. It was cool to see us rally. That's the one thing, like, the Seahawks should know, right? Like, the last thing you want to do is motivate the 49ers. Don't poke the bear. Right, exactly. And yet, they did, and what happened? Sent your ass home. (laughs) He said, everybody knows that we're a physical team, so they're going to come out here and give it everything they got. It's just a matter of time how long they can take it. That's Debo on mm. their reaction to this game. Basically, he saying the 49ers know they're going to come out and be physical, and the other team is going to crumble at some point due to it. You can definitely that is, see that in the way they play. Yes, and that is something that, that I've talked about, which is the Niners, they're so veteran. like They have so much experience that they they have the mindset, the mental toughness of a champion. Like they are hard to kill. I, I it's a rough phrase to use, but you know what I'm saying. Like they are not going to throw in the towel. They are going to be mentally tough. Like in Rocky, when Rocky's fighting Ivan Drago and Drago's beating the tar out of him, and he just sits down in his corner and he says, "It's like fighting a piece of iron." Like that's what it's like going against the 49ers. <laughs> I know it's a topical reference. The movie's like 50 years old, but it's the first thing I thought of. It's all good. I love movie references. I've made a few uh, in the past, so no harm from me. But all I know is this is a weird situation in terms of the rest of the weekend because the Niners were the first game. Yeah. The Niners are sitting here going, all right, we're at home because they're the two seed. And now we figure out who we play. And it can be anybody but the Eagles, obviously. Mm -hmm. So because if Minnesota wins, it's Minnesota. But if Minnesota loses, that team, I guess, I guess they can't they can't play uh, the Giants because the Giants, if the Giants win, they're automatically the lowest seed surviving. Thus, they would play the Eagles. So that that's what to watch is if Minnesota wins, you play Minnesota. If the Giants win, you're going to play the winner of Tampa and Dallas. And you know what? I, I think of all the teams possible to play, I most want to play Tampa. We'll see. Yeah, I don't care at this point. Like I'm, I think I'm beyond the point of like hoping for the best matchup. I think it's like, bring it on, whoever it is. If it's oh yeah, Philly, it's all it's always bring it on. The Niners are going to be favored no matter who they play. Probably favored by a good bit no matter no matter who they play. But I still have preferences on who I want to play. That what he's saying right there. You can go ahead and read it. But it, that that's what I brought up on our show what two weeks ago about Justin Jefferson. Ray Lee on YouTube. Are the Vikings a threat? Considering if they beat the Giants tomorrow, my concern is Justin Jefferson. The D-line gets to Kirk. It's going to be easy for San Francisco. Here's the thing, though. We've seen receivers. I mean, look at today. DK Metcalf was great, right? Like, we have seen receivers go off against this team. DK, 10 for 136 and two touchdowns. And the Niners still blow them out. So, Yeah. yeah, Justin Jefferson would probably cook the secondary. But there's only so much you can do as a wide receiver. And so Cooper Cup, by the way, has had multiple great games against the Niners. And the He's Niners... who I was going to bring up. Devontae Adams just did it in that Raiders yeah. game. So 
I, I agree. Like it scares me a little because they're really good, but at the same time, bring it on, bring it on. The thing in that game that I would make me a lot less concerned. Justin Jefferson does scare the crap out of me because <laughs> yes, nobody matches up with him. Anybody in the league, uh, let alone this team that that's weakness is the secondary. But you get pressure on Kirk Cousins, and he's going to fall apart. He's not yeah, a quarterback that can avoid it. And that that would be what gives me confidence is that that Kirk is probably going to have a, a turnover or two in that game. Trigger J, thank you very much. Love you guys. Watch all the shows, and this is the best thing to listen to on an hour-long drive to see my girl. Let's keep this up, Niners. Let me just say, is there anything better than when you're going to see your significant other after the 49ers win? Like, holy crap, that is a day right there. Shout out to you. And there's nothing worse than seeing your significant other after a loss and they try to make bad, corny jokes to cheer you <laughs> up. It's like, just leave me alone. I don't right. need stupid jokes right now. I don't want to talk about it right now, honey. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Waltony, 101, watching on my Twitch page. There's no such thing as easy games now. Got to beat the best to be the best. Yeah, that's fair. I don't want to say easy, but I mean, there are teams in the playoffs that present more of a threat than other teams. I think that's fair to say isn't it yeah and certainly any of the teams that the Niners could play of the three possible they're going to be I think massive favorites against any of those three certainly seems like right now this is arguably the most confident I've been going into the divisional round Ooh, there's a question Man, I got to think back. Is this the most calm? I mean, yeah, because the offense is so much no better. Weakness. I mean, they're, the only weakness is somewhat of a weakness because the secondary has been having struggles lately, but it's not like quarterbacks are going out for 400 yards. And even when they've struggled, they've gotten turnovers in the secondary. So, like, it, there's plus and minus there. It, it's I, I would argue this is the most confident. Now, some of that is this team, obviously. But a lot of that is also the fact that the three possible teams don't scare me. I don't think they're that good of teams. I think, you know, Tampa is what their record says. Dallas's defense fell apart, and Dak has been throwing interceptions left and right. Yes, there's a lot of potential there. If they're dialed in, you know, they're tough to beat. But they've had a lot of mistakes lately. And Minnesota, they're not what their record says. No, they've won 11 one score games this year. Right. I think they're a playoff team. I think they're yeah. a, a pretty good team, but they're not a team that wins, you know, 12, 13 games without a lot of luck. I think I have to agree with you. I think this is the most confident I've been going into the divisional round. Like, how could you not be at this point? Like, are you really worried about Lenore that much? I mean, like we said, he got picked on today and he also had an interception. So I, I want to give a little credit to the defense. Because I know that a lot of people were getting on the defense in this game, especially early. I was frustrated with them as well. I don't want to separate myself from that. But when the Niners need a play, other than the Chiefs game, when the Niners need a play, this defense responds, man. They respond. And it's usually not just with a stop. It's usually with a turnover. And, and, it's, and it seems like Bosa is usually a factor in those plays, by the way. And, and today we saw it with the fumble recovery. Amenahu with the great pressure. The, he actually let Gino get away. I think it was like one or two play. I think it was pretty mm -hmm. a couple plays before that. He almost had him and he let him get away. This time, bam, makes the strip. And if you watch that play, 
Nick Bosa is the only guy that realizes that the ball's on the ground. There's two Seattle offensive linemen there, and they don't even realize the ball is out. And Bosa jumps right on it, and that was it. That was the moment, I think, that Seattle went, crap. It's not our day. Like, we had a chance, and we blew it, and now here come the Niners, and they went right down the field after that. I mean, let's get a little perspective here, because I, I do think we all are in the mindset because of how that first half went, that the defense had a really bad game. But the perspective is they allowed 23 points with some of that coming on a garbage time touchdown where almost all the starters were not in the game anymore and they had multiple turnovers. So your really bad game is giving up in reality like 17 points and multiple turnovers. That's your really bad game. Like, yeah, I certainly feel like the defense had a bad game. Like that's the, when you're watching the game, you're in the middle of the emotions. That's what it feels like. And they didn't have a great game, but the real results were by the time the game was decided, they'd given up 17 points and had multiple turnovers. Patrick watching on Facebook says, make sure to tell Michelle Majuk not to be making false promises. She owes us an appearance. Also, Levin should start a new segment with his Di Serono and call it shots for Brock. And he drinks when the Niners win. Well, you generally do drink when the Niners win. I see you sipping on something over there. <laughs> Depends on if I got to work the next day or not. Uh, uh-huh. But yes, fully, fully admit, I came upstairs. You got everything set up, got my lights on, camera set up. And I went, hold on. I don't have a drink for myself. And we won. And I went back downstairs and my wife goes, what are you doing? I was like, I'm celebrating. <laughs> there you heart. go. Good on you. And why shouldn't you? I'm having a beer. What the hell? I mean, these, again, these wins. I, I will come. gladly do a new segment for DeSorano if they send me a bottle of DeSorano. Yeah, let's do that, man. <laughs> Sign me up for that. I could I could go for some of that. I'm trying to get Michelle the link to join because she keeps saying that she's here, but I don't see her. And I want to let her in because um, I'm sure she's super excited after this victory. I haven't even been keeping an eye at all on the other playoff games. What is happening? The Chargers are up 7 to nothing. I was going to say, I haven't looked at that game yet. Yeah, whatever, man. I'm still celebrating this one. Uh, I'm trying to check. Let me refresh my little feed here mm, so I can see I if there this. are any. Brandon Ayuk, oh. we just love beating them. <laughs> <laughs> like I yeah. said, the worm has turned in that. It is now a 49ers curse for Seahawks fans. Like, there's no way. Every time they're matched up with the Niners, they're like, oh, what's going to happen this time? I don't feel that way now, man. It's over. And I like the swag. I like the swag. I mean, Little, per- this- Purdy has hit. LeBron James tweeted about him. Started. I saw that. I did see that. Logan watching on YouTube today reminded me of when a lesser college team plays a better team. They stick with the other team until the depth gets challenged. Somebody on Twitter, I forget who it was, uh, but they said, Seattle pitched a great six innings and it was like, yeah, they hung there. They did their best. And then all of a sudden it was like, guess what? The game is four quarters, not two. And the 49ers turned it on. All right, here we go. Finally, Michelle Majuk is here. We can barely see you. What's up, Michelle? (laughs) Well, now I'm at my cousin's house and it's dark out, but I am wearing 49ers gear. I'm wearing Evo shirt. I got the gold sweater on. I was rooting for them the entire time at La Brisa, <laughs> our favorite restaurant. I was cheering them on. Yeah. And you wouldn't let me on this whole time because you were scared I was too drunk. I, I, you just popped up at the bottom of the screen. I just let you in. Are you willing to say right now you are a full-fledged Niner fan at this point? 
I'm a full-fledged Niners fan. So you know what happened? Like, guys, I need to tell you something about the bar, right? I'm at the bar, and it's at the end of the 49ers game, and this guy comes up, and he's like, what are you? Who Are you a fan of the 49ers? I'm like, yeah, like, look at my shirt. He's like, oh, and then he tries to quiz me. He tries oh. to quiz me. And I'm like, dude, like, I work for the NFL. He's like, well, <laughs> he was like, what What team did Elijah Mitchell play college football for? I'm like, oh, my God, dude, like, shut the hell up. <laughs> like, it was just too much. It was too much. I got it. He asked me both Elijah Mitchell and Brock Purdy, of course. I, I got them both right. But, hey, the point is I don't even watch college football. So, like, I don't even need to know that. But then also then I said, who's the center for the 49ers? And he shut the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You live in Houston. You should have asked him what was the Texans' record this year. <laughs> yeah, he probably wouldn't even know. But like, I tweeted out like, if a woman tells you that she likes football, just believe her. And then I said, if a woman tells you she works for the NFL and you try to quiz her, you're an idiot. Like, well, good. I'm glad you you kicked the hell out of that guy. What but let's idiot. go 49ers. <laughs> Brock Purdy though is him. Brock Purdy is him. Yeah, Brock setting all kinds of records. Fred Warner said after the game, he's the reason the 49ers have a chance to win the Super Bowl this year. He is. He is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't care who says anything. He is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Like there, there's no, like, what are you going to tell me that he's not better at then? At every single metric, he is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And he is the heart and soul of this offense. Like also CMC is a huge obvious addition and without him probably they're not where they are right now but Brock Purdy is massive to this team and he's killing it and I'm so excited to watch him do this can I just say I want a Brock Purdy jersey but there's no way in heck I'm buying one I've told you (laughs) I told you this Rob I bought an Alex Smith jersey didn't work out bought a Kaepernick jersey two years later he's off the team I bought a Trey Lance jersey this year (laughs) I don't think he's gonna get his job back I'm not yeah. buying a pretty jersey. <laughs> it's going to be dicey. Michelle, thank you so much for hopping in. Go enjoy the rest of your night. Oh, he's kicking me off real fast like last year. <laughs> yes, I, I am. It's fine. Levin's the loved one. It's fine. <laughs> See you on next Bye. This is awesome, man. And, and by the way, that little quiz, men do that to women all the time when they say they're football fans, and then they have to pass the sports test. That is bullshit. I agree. I'm- it's stupid, but... Uh, I, I do think men do it to men too. Oh, you say you like football? Oh, and then they'll start talking. I don't think they do it as direct as a quiz, but yeah. they'll start talking about, oh yeah, did you see this? Or did you see that to see if the guy actually knows what he's talking about? I think I, it's a sports fan thing where you're, you want to get instantly into like a pissing contest of who knows more. It's brutal, man. I'm glad she totally put that guy in his place. Edgar watching on Twitch, the best trio in Niners Nation. Thank you very much. Jason watching on YouTube. Rob had his finger on the dump button for some drunk F-bombs. Here's the thing, Jason. And by the way, that's a great radio reference. This is a radio guy. I appreciate that. All radio stations have a button we call the dump button. They're on a delay. So if somebody says something that you don't want to go over the air, you hit the dump button and nobody ever hears it. We don't have that on the stream. It, we, we, it's it. We're, we're on the tightrope without a net here. Yeah, um, it, it, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> save it for the podcast, Levin. <laughs> yeah, that that's a, uh, I don't know for sure that it's an invention since. I know for TV, it's definitely an invention due to the Super Bowl and the yeah. halftime show of Janet Jackson and the Justin Timberlake. That's when I know it came about in TV. I can't say for sure radio didn't have one first, but I don't think they did. Bell Golf watching on YouTube. Brock Purdy isn't the guy. He's doing his job, but he was not impressive. Tried to throw three picks. 49ers team is unreal good. 
The okay, Niners Chad. team is unreal good, but in the second half of the game, Brock did make some plays that were amazing. Plays escaping pressure, plays dropping his arm angle down, plays extending out the down. Like, you got to give him credit. Like, I think it's fair to say he had a bad first half and a good second half. That's okay. And again, we don't have to decide if he's the starter or the franchise quarterback yet. We just got to win three more games. That's it. That's all. That's end, your- of the, end of the day, it's the most passing yards in a playoff game in 33 years for the 49ers. And he had four touchdowns on top of it. <laughs> second rookie ever, by the way. Or second most passing yards by a rookie in the playoffs ever. Like, yeah. And I know some of that was, you know, catch and run. Debo had a 74-yard touchdown. That certainly helps those numbers. I get that. But I think you can give credit where credit is due. I, I don't I don't think Fred Warner is saying that that Brock Purdy is the reason the 49ers have a chance to win the Super Bowl by accident. You know, like those guys know what's up. Let's give them a little love. Like Joe Staley told us. If Purdy comes out and looks like he has looked in the playoffs, it's his team. Yeah. I, I think that locker room. Anybody that was not convinced yet it was converted today, uh, I think that is his locker room. Fred Warner after the game on Jonathan Abram twisting Debo Samuel's ankle. I don't know what he was trying to achieve by doing that, but it wasn't the smartest move for sure. <laughs> don't poke the bear, like you said. It might be as dirty as it gets on the football field. Like th- There's certainly dirty things you can do, but about as dirty as it gets is after the play is over, twisting somebody's ankle to try to injure them. Like you can say diving at somebody's knee. If right. the play is live, it's dirty, but it's sometimes that is the smart football play to take something because some guys aren't going to go down unless you take out their knees. After the play is over, twisting the guy's leg 100% on purpose to try to injure him, <laughs> it doesn't get dirtier. And like, it's not like there was a bunch of people around him that maybe he could get away with it. It was just them. Like it was, and it was so... the second time, by the way, I don't know for sure. He, he did it the first time. I don't know who did, but there was a tackle early in the game out of bounce uh, where the guy once again, lifted Debo's leg after he went mm-hmm. down and started mm-hmm. to twist it and then stopped. And I, I remember seeing Debo put up his arms and pointing at the ref, like what the heck the guy, I, I don't think that first time they didn't show it on replay. So I only uh-huh. got one look at it, but I don't think he twisted. He, he brought it up. Like he was going to, and then he stopped himself because the ref was looking right at him. Like, what the hell is that, man? Like, come on. That That is, I get it that like, hey, you think maybe that's your only shot to win or whatever, but like, that is a no-no among players. Like, you do not do that stuff, man. And Cornelius watching on Facebook page, I agree. Hopefully the NFL finds him. Uh, Brian Elliott's as dirty as you can get on Debo that can easily be seen. I totally agree. The only thing I regret about this game is that our, what is it? 0 and 16 streak of teams losing the week after they play the 49ers. That comes to an end because the Seahawks don't have anybody to play next week. <laughs> Maybe they won't catch any fish and that's their loss. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, dominant win by the 49ers. Who gets your game ball today, Levin? Ooh, that, that's a tough one because one player put up historic numbers, but he also didn't have a very good first half. Debo obviously had a, a great game. He kind of broke it open there with that long touchdown. But at the same time, I think the first half, what kept them alive was Christian McCaffrey. So I guess if I had to pick, I would say Christian McCaffrey because he kept them alive in that first half with it with his big run. Of, I think it was 66 yards. Didn't score a touchdown on the 66-yard run. I wonder 
when's the last time the 49ers had a run that long that wasn't a touchdown? Yeah. <laughs> 68 yarders. Don't short him. Was it 68? They said 66 on the broadcast. It was 68 according to the box score. But that's gotcha. a fair. And he had the receiving touchdown also. Yeah. I mean, he has been. He had 130 plus yards. He's been way better than I thought. I, in my wildest dreams, I never would have imagined that Christian McCaffrey was going to be this good. F them picks. He has been worth every single one of them. That's absolutely fine. Uh, Want to get this super chat in from Kevin. If this, if it's the team, not Purdy, why is he setting so many record doing things only Hall of Fame quarterbacks have done? Wouldn't that mean that this is one of the best teams ever? Well, it might end up being one of the best. I mean, they led the league in point differential in the regular season. They led the league in turnover differential in the regular season. They were tied for the league lead in interceptions in the regular season. The offense, by the time the you know playoffs came around, was scoring 30 points a game in the regular season. Defense was number one in scoring. Everything, yeah. I mean, we could be looking at one of the best teams that we've ever seen. Certainly one of the best 49er teams. So maybe, maybe they are. We'll find out over the next few weeks. I'm going to give mine to Amenehu. Three total tackles in the game, two sacks, one tackle for loss, had the quarterback hit, had the forced fumble. It's it was a massive, massive play in the game. Like I said, at one at that point it was 23-17. You know, it was it was dicey. And the Niners had to get a stop there. If they gave up a touchdown, it's a completely different game. Even a field goal, you're not comfortable getting the strip and the recovery there was massive. And it's time and time again. That this defense, when they need a play, they make a play. And it's usually not just a stop. It's usually a turnover. And hat tip to Robbie Gold, four for four field goals, three for three extra points in a game that was not the best of field conditions. Well, you know what? Shout out to the the Niners ground crew, though, because I was seeing some shots before the game. Considering how much rain had come down in the area lately, it looked damn good. Well, they they tarped the field. So a lot of that rain you saw never actually got on the field. Uh, and like I said, they got this magic window where the crazy rain stopped about an hour before the game. They were able to get everything off. The field really didn't deal with heavy rains until after. And the rain was on and off, on and off throughout the game, but it was never like a downpour. They also, I saw during the week, I think it was Matt Barrows was tweeting out, they had the tarp off the field when it was not raining and they were drying the field with giant fans. Uh, which was really cool to see, too. He said he had never seen that. And Brian Elliott, by the way, and others have pointed out, pointed out, I don't know the exact number, whether it's 20 for 20 or Kenny says 25 or 25. He's never missed a kick in the playoffs, though. I didn't want to say it out loud, but since a lot of people are bringing it up, I do want to recognize that. Uh, Eric Branch tweeted it prior to the game. I can bring it up. Um, but Eric Branch tweeted it out. And, you know, I was like, well, if he misses one, we know who to blame. <laughs> I mean, eventually he's probably going to miss find one. It quick because it was before the game. So, oh, that's a lot of scrolling right there. But no, look, he's been good in the. He's shaky in the regular season. I think he made like eighty-four percent of his kicks in the regular season. But in the yeah, playoffs, twenty-one of twenty-one prior to the game, plus thirty-four of thirty-four on extra points. So he's now twenty-four of twenty-four on field goals and thirty-four of thirty-four on extra points. Well, they needed all of them early in the game. So thank God he made them all. And let's keep it rolling. 49ers dominate the Seahawks in the second half, 41 to 23. And we are on to the divisional round, Levin. We could just sit back the rest of the weekend and watch the other teams grind themselves, you know, into dust playing each other. We have handled 
our business. <laughs> and let's uh, keep it going. Hopefully uh, we get a certain guest again this week, can keep that tradition going. And let's uh, get on to the divisional round where I am certainly excited. I want to know who the heck the matchup is. I'm going to be sitting here going, I want to know who we play. I want to know who we play. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that special guest is Joe Staley, who if you know, we're going to do our best to work it out, that he's going to come on and join us again. Full disclosure, my schedule is limited, so you can blame me. Well, look, I I will do the interview with I, I have a real <laughs> real life job that is getting in the way, so the window is very m- small this week. Granted, like you said, it will be Rob and Joe if yeah, uh, don't worry. I won't let your absence <laughs> stop me from talking to Joe Staley. You can Photoshop me in, so it still counts. <laughs> Maybe uh, my son drew a picture of the helmets in this one. My eight-year-old son, Niner Seahawks. He wanted me to show it, so I'm showing it. If you can't join, I will have him draw a picture of you, and I'll just hang that oh. up in the background. It'll probably be better looking than real life. So It couldn't be worse, I'll tell you that. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. It's the meanest thing I've ever said to you. Please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We crushed our download record from last year. We more than doubled it. Thank you, Levin. Thank you, all the great hosts here on Niners Nation. And thank you to the fans. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. I promise you, we will keep earning your time here. Levin, pour another glass of DiSerono, Levin. Enjoy the rest of your night. <laughs> I get to deal with uh, kid bedtime now. Yay. Mm. It's been so much fun lately. That's the only downside of today for you. But you know what? Now the Niners won. You have extra patience, so it's going to be no problem for you. I'm, I'm confident. <laughs> I appreciate it. Ho- hopefully it goes well. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the win. We'll talk to you next week.